basically like Shark Tank. Yeah. The type of deals that go on Shark Tank. There's billionaires bidding on these businesses. That's exactly what happened except without Shark Tank. It's a billionaire that bought half my business. Welcome to Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. And in this show, I interview all types of professionals, whether it be corporate stars, entrepreneurs, or business owners, and talk a little bit about what they do in their area and what's allowed them to be so successful so far. Today, I have Brian Collins on from Dry Pocket Apparel. Brian, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to get into this. You got a lot going on with your company, and it seems like it's right about to take off. You got inventory orders going on, so... Yeah. Figure we just kind of get into how you started it, what's been going on since, and and how that whole process has gone. Sounds good, man. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot going on. Um, we went through a major transition, so we're about to expand drastically. Well, that's the plan, anyways. But uh, yeah, we started as Dry Pocket Apparel. We started about five years ago now. With, I mean, all the way down to the designing of things, mm-hmm. you know, and prototyping and. Four and a half years later, we sold our first bathing suit with a waterproof pocket. But essentially, I'll probably skip this. Dry Pocket Apparel is a waterproof pocket bathing suit company and automatic self-sealing dry bag company. So we have a variety of styles of bathing suits that has a waterproof pocket built into them that's tested up to 100 feet. And it seals automatically air gas watertight just by letting go of it. Um, same technology for the dry bags with a variety of sizes and styles Um, all of them seal air water gas tight in under a second just by letting go and some of them even float but um and they're self-sealing you said it's like a magnetic kind of strip right yes sir. it's a magnetic strip on both sides and it kind of just clasps together like Mm -hmm. immediately yeah so they're neo magnets they're the like one of the strongest magnets in the world they're rare earth magnets and it's encased in a uh, tpu type like material that can withstand heat and cold and all of that without kind of becoming brittle. So, but yeah, essentially it's just a, a lot of those neo magnets lined up in a row that create the automatic self seal as soon as you let go of it. So, how did you first think of this idea? Fell out of a kayak multiple times, lost a phone, chased a wallet, lost even a dry bag, and the and it floated like one of those real cheap ones. Yeah, and it floated, and I had to go swimming after it. Out mm-hmm. of the current, it took it like three football fields down the river. Oh man! Yeah, so then I just started thinking, like, you know, they there's got to be a better bags. way to do this. Exactly, man. They got dry bags. They got clothing. Put it together. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? And and uh, like I said, after four and a half years of trying, you know, developing and prototyping and trying to make connections around the world to make all this happen, we finally have a bathing suit with a waterproof pocket. So what what did it? feel like in your head like when you first decided i'm gonna actually try to make my own thing was did it did you think it was going to be a business at first or was it did it start out as just something that you kind of wanted for yourself honestly it was more of like the business as in this is a great idea why doesn't this exist we could get rich yeah you know and that's kind of the whole motivation classic and, kind of harebrained scheme yeah, yeah and and it's one of those things like well why didn't i think of that or yeah. I thought of that years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and um, you always hear those stories of people like something will come out and they're like, I thought of that years ago. I could have that could have been me. Yeah. yeah. They'll call their friend. Remember, we were talking about this six months ago. We should yeah. have done something. You exactly. Know? And then so you decided to actually do something about it. Well, yeah. So I've always had a dream. Like, I don't, I don't 
I don't come from much in the sense of like a big entrepreneurial family or anything. Mm -hmm. Like I was part of the class that's like you go to school, you go to college, you find a job, you work till you're 65 and retire. Right. And, and that's what I did. And that's kind of yeah. what you saw for yourself. Like you figured you would just kind of stay on that path, like as it was carved out for you. Because mm -hmm. it was the same path my parents were on. You know, it's, you're kind of like a product of your environment unless yeah. you, you know, electively make a decision to change. But I was what my parents were. I was on that same type of path. You know, mm -hmm. my parents were absolutely amazing. Best parents you could ever ask for. They were just employees, you know, right. with nothing wrong with that. But as you will know, the majority of employees can't create freedom at a decent age. Yeah. Most of the time. Unless I you, think that's becoming more and more true as we go on. Mm -hmm. And most of the time you have to save and retire in your upper 50s, 60s, or even 70s, depending mm -hmm. on what your situation is. So I saw this, I had this idea, and it just kind of sat with me for months before I ever yeah. even like got online to research. What was the first research like? What? How did that start? <laughs> I Googled waterproof pocket and nothing just, came up. <laughs> you were just like, you, I, I would imagine like you'd probably, you probably would have even bought one if, uh, if there was something like it, but you just kind of looked into it. You didn't see anything mm -hmm. like what you were looking for. No, just a bunch of different dry bag. Waterproof shorts kept popping up. Mm -hmm. Waterproof clothing, which is just more of like a uh, like quick dry material. Exactly. It's not actually sealed and it's mm -mm. it's not going to protect it mm -mm. yeah it's just going to make your clothes dry faster that's it so you looked it up you just see this huge gap in the market essentially and then what was the very first like like how did it look when you were first looking for suppliers and like looking for a way to actually source these things yeah so this is where the not nightmare but kind of a nightmare through the processes because mm -hmm. for one i had no idea what i'm doing right like no idea youtube has taught me everything. i didn't even know how to build a website youtube mm -hmm. didn't know how to market a video or edit it youtube you know so like i started with waterproof zippers because that's where my mind went was right waterproof zippers you know i've seen some ads where they said this zipper's waterproof up to like three meters or whatever it is so I started off with those. Every single one of them fail. If anybody has a waterproof zipper in the, unless there's some new technology I don't know about, a waterproof zipper is only waterproof temporarily. Right. Um, it, as soon as it gets dirt in it, there's a leak in it. As soon as it gets worn out, it gets hard to close. It seems like there, there's, if you think about what you have versus a zipper, there, with a the zipper, there's so many individual little mm -hmm. things clasping together versus one strong clasp, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to worry about so many more things going wrong. Exactly. It's like little teeth that fit in between each other. Mm -hmm. And as soon as dirt or any kind of contamination gets in between those teeth, it starts creating gaps. Mm -hmm. and Compromises it just a little bit, and then that builds on that and comes through even more probably. Mm -hmm. And it... it after a while it gets harder to open and close because mm -hmm. of dirt and wear and tear and um but all that to be said i went through like i don't know 13 different prototypes and zippers different zippers they all failed um almost gave up got online found a company in california that had this magnetic sealing type mechanism and um they're like yeah we can get this to you blah 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 and i was like oh my god product saved back on track now what were they using that for it, were they selling that to other companies for other different things or were they mm -hmm. it was just like they manufacture that for a particular purpose so it they had them in dry bags like different types of dry bags okay. and they're just magnetic strips and then 
not like the ones not like the backpack one that i have mm -hmm. like the real tiny one the ones that I, so i'm also a like a small dry bag yeah so i'm also like a distributor of the smaller dry bags mm -hmm. the backpack dry bags and those coolers and all that's mine yeah you know the bathing suits that's mine like dry, mine as dry pockets i think you know? we'll bring them in here in a second like when we kind of get to a stopping point just to show them because i think it'd be cool to kind of like show them a mm -hmm. little bit too so you you kind of try out these zippers the zippers just don't work at all and then you see the magnetic strips what was it that kept you going when you thought that the zippers weren't going to work was it just like maybe this magnetic strip could be different like it's just yeah so i basically stayed up all night one night and i started when i reached out to that or let me backtrack when i finally found that company in california i reached out to them they were saying yeah we can get you this blah 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 skip some parts you know blah 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 and then found out that they were stealing it, wow. like knocking it off, so to speak. This California company that you first yeah. found? Yeah. Okay. So, and I asked them, I said, so, so who's did the, the company they were stealing from, did they have it kind of trademarked or like? Yeah, yeah. It? They had the patents and, and, they, and they, knocking yeah. it off. They sent them like a C-Sigist or whatever. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And so I said, who sent it? Who's the company? Who's the guy? And they wouldn't tell me. Right. Because they, they were trying to. your business. Yeah. They were trying to appeal and they were like, they didn't want to lose me, you know? Mm -hmm. So. I got on the USPTO.gov website and spent about four and a half, hour, five hours on it and found the Israelian, sent him an email thinking, this, there's no way this guy's going to respond to me. Yeah. Within an hour, I got a response. Two hours later, we had a video chat. Two weeks later, I'm meeting him in California to sign paperwork, go over everything, all the legal side of things. No way. Now, and then, so my business partner, I flew over with last minute whim to San Diego to meet this guy. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna say his name and all that just because he doesn't know I'm doing all this. Yeah, but, yeah. Know, so like, anyways, and that's a, obviously part of your competitive advantage is your suppliers. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to yeah. give those up. Here's his name. Here's his address. Yeah. Here's his phone number. Here's, here's his exactly pricing, how here's I did his, it. Yeah. Here's how yeah. you can do it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to compete. No. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah. So that going on like giving up to keep going question mm -hmm. that's what happened to keep me going yeah because as soon as i got that email that responded i was like yeah let's collaborate my fire that was, was relit you know that's awesome and then from there we now have the bathing suits like you know about like we were just talking about in the dry bags and yeah we've got a couple of the dry bags here now do you want to oh here it is got it got it awesome cool all right so here you go we got one of them right here. They've got all got different prints and stuff on them. So essentially, the entire bag is waterproof when you close this. And you told me the new ones aren't going to have Velcro, but yeah, they're going to have magnetic. Still see the magnetic strip here. Yeah, kind of show it. So it unfolds all the way like a twofold. So you so take it opens up like that, and yeah. then you just kind of let boom. it go. Yeah, so it just like seals right up like that. Yeah, so the way it works is we have a double lock system on this. So essentially, this Velcro is going away, and we're gonna have two straps coming down that have magnetic buckles in there. So as soon as you get them close, they'll just automatically close together to keep the dry bag shut. The way it opens is take an opening like this, unfold it. And if you're listening on audio, basically it's just two magnetic strips that kind of yep. clasp over each other, and you pull them apart super easy to pull them apart but then you release it and they just automatically clasp back together with an under second yep seals air water gas tight and this is so if you push the air out of this then it's waterproof up to around 100 feet underwater if you want it to float you just let it suck in the ambient air just like this did and now it'll float even full of clothes towels electronics whatever you need to keep dry so essentially like for me 
I kayak and fish out of my kayak a lot. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is I'll bungee strap, I'll put a cooler in the kayak and then I'll bungee strap my dry bag to the side of my kayak and my kayak will just dry my, like drag my dry bag. And it just floats right behind you. For hours. Yeah. And everything inside stays dry. So it also allows you to have more room on your kayak while you're fishing or paddleboard. Yeah. So what what were, you mentioned kayaking. What are a few of like the primary uses that you envision for this and that you use it for day to day? Uh, so the, the dry bags, I would say any kind of outdoor camping, hiking, uh, fishing, boating, sandbar, hopping, beach days, pool days, water parks, pretty much anything as in it do anything to do with being around water Um the bathing suits, very similar. So like the bathing suits here, this is one of them. It's, um, similar tech, same technology. Got the waterproof pocket right here that does the exact same yeah, thing. This is major. And if you ha- do you have your phone on you, you should show like putting the phone in. That's yeah. the biggest thing. You can just throw your phone right into the pocket there. Okay, so this is the pocket right here. It's the same technology as the backpack dry bags and backpack coolers. So the way it works is it opens, unfolds. It's large enough to fit like an iPhone 14 Max, a uh, small money clip, and some keys. But see how easy that is? just like just that let it go and, it's and you could literally just hop in the water and start going swimming yep. with everything in there and it's all fun yep so i went snorkeling for three hours with my wife and that's phone underwater for three hours stayed completely dry that's amazing and it's not just for phones you know i mean wallets uh hotel keys um can of dip if you're into tobacco and mm-hmm. all of that i mean it's anything yeah. you'd want to keep dry you know keys cash passport whatever it could be not just a phone but yeah it's what there's a lot of room in there like you mentioned you can fit mm-hmm. the iphone 14 max and a few other things mm-hmm. and then we also have these right here this is the brand new we got one more thing on the way that i told you about the tote cooler i don't have that with me yet but I do have the backpack cooler with me. It's the only one in the world. Mm-hmm. So same with the backpack dry bags. FYI, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned that. This is the only one in the entire world that can do this. So same with the cooler, same technology. They're basically like carbon copies of each other, except for the inside is insulated with MBR foam, which is a very high quality type of foam. It's different than like open cell or closed cell foam. It's a very high quality foam. So And that essentially yeah. keeps the inside of it insulated for way longer. Yes way better yeah exactly like prime example i don't know if you can see in there i don't want to see in there if i can yeah see this but anyways prime example i put when i first got it uh i put a about a bag of ice in there you know like a six pack in Mm -hmm. there and i opened it and closed it like 20 to 25 times throughout a 21 hour period ice was still in there 21 hours later that's crazy yeah so we've got a tote cooler coming out that's going to be a little bit different style this is a backpack cooler just like the backpack dry bag but the tote cooler will have a removable shoulder strap plus hand grabs okay and uh, that'll have actually thicker and more dense foam in it so, so it'll it even be stronger yeah. yeah so just different bags different styles the cool thing about this one i think is just how mobile it is you've got that like long lasting insulation but you could also just throw it on your back and run around with it and, mm-hmm. and, or have it like kind of floating behind you or something i mean that's major yeah i mean th- it really is a blessing how they've turned out mm-hmm. and they are game changers i mean it's the waterproof pocket bathing suit's never been seen before People have seen dry bags. We've just one-upped it. Yeah. You know, so everybody else has got the roll-top dry bags that clip. 
that take, you know, 30 seconds to 45 seconds to close. Well, if you have it open and you're in a kayak and you flip, everything's getting soaked. Right. If you have mine open, ours open in a kayak and you flip, that dry bag will seal watertight before you even hit the water. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's more security. Exactly. You know, it's it's more clumsy proof. You don't have me. to think about it at all. <laughs> no, because, I mean, the whole company started off with me being a klutz. So, I mean, <laughs> like, it's perfect for someone like me. <laughs> I feel like the best companies are started by someone where it's just like, you start it because it's something, we were kind of talking about this off air before, but you start it because it's something that you want and that you've identified would help you in your life and like in your day-to-day kind of things exactly. that you're doing. And it's exactly how you started it. And I think you're going to really like, you've probably kept that passion this whole time because you know, and you believe that it's something that is needed in the world. Exactly. It feels like you said earlier, a gap, it, mm-hmm. it solves a problem. Exactly. You know, like how many times have you, uh, put your wallet in a shoe on the beach when you went to go jump in the water, hoping that nobody would steal it. Sure. Or how many times have you been walking down the beach with your significant other? You go on like a mile walk and you want to jump in the water, but you've got your wallet and cell phone on mm-hmm. you or just your cell phone. And then you can't, you have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, now you do that just, peace of mind. Yeah. Just throw it in your pocket. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You know, or the backpack dry bags, just put it on your back. Don't worry about it. You yeah. Know? But, um, I mean, it, it's been a journey. Though I will say, that talking about what keeps me motivated is I've always had a dream to do something I love, like everybody. You know, it's nothing, nothing special, not like yeah. a special dream, but just like everybody, they want the freedom. They want to do what they love to do. They want to wake up every day and do something they enjoy. I love kayaking. I love mm-hmm. being outdoors. I like fishing. I love riding four wheelers. You know, and all of those, you get wet, muddy, dirty, or some form. So. If I, my idea before the start is if I can build a business around that, yeah, then it's it allows winning. you to fully lean into that stuff and really embrace that lifestyle, live in that lifestyle yeah. and, and also make a business and make money out of it. And it creates passion, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's something you enjoy. Like if I hated kayaking and I didn't know how to swim, yeah. this would suck. Yeah, you exactly. Know? You'd have no business doing it. <laughs> yeah. You're always going to be trying to make it better because you're making it for people like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's so much fun, man. It's been a wild journey. It's been a roller coaster. We've had ups and downs. What have been the two biggest ups and the two biggest downs? Oh, Lord. The biggest downs, I would say, would be having to deal with foreign countries, customs, shipping, mm-hmm. time changes. Just the, the logistics of operating the business is right. probably verse having everything in a domestic you know because yeah. therefore i can just pick up the phone blah 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 we speak english we don't have crazy accents you know it's what a I'm big saying? learning it's curve yeah yeah it's easy to understand so that was probably the biggest down but i mean now it's not a problem because like he's learning curve is probably the better way because now it's learned so yeah you know and you probably find a rep that you are comfortable with you kind of develop a, a communication there and get used to them mm-hmm. they get used to your style of communication and eventually you just continue on that way mm-hmm. the second biggest down like going through a down period Mm -hmm. was finding the capital that needed to do this right. Yeah. I'd like to talk about that a little bit, just like Mm -hmm. how you went about that. Did you kind of just start reaching out to people in your life and kind of yeah, that all different avenues? <laughs> yeah, that all. Nobody was like, "Here's fifty grand." No, you know, I mean, nobody. So I guess a, a interesting place to start with this question is: Did you know how much you wanted to ask for initially, or did you just know that you thought you needed some extra capital? This ties back into having no idea what I was doing mm-hmm. from the beginning. So we had no idea what we needed. We had a rough idea. And then what we thought we needed, there's no way we could get it. 
because we really wanted like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Gotcha. To do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Well, did that involve kind of just sitting down and coming up with a budget of like each thing that you wanted, and it kind of just added up to two fifty? A, a very unorganized way, yes. Because gotcha. we were winging it then. You know, so a very unorganized way, yes. It's kind of an estimate. mm -hmm. But then we were only able to get like $45,000. Gotcha. So, and it turned out it was not enough, plus a credit card with a good, decent limit on it, which we had to utilize to even get started, plus the $45,000. So Mm -hmm. we had like inventory, plus website development, plus just ramping everything up. Right. And it ended up costing more money than we had. So we ended up having to leverage that credit card. It always does, I feel like. Oh, I know. It's, it's, (laughs) It's especially if you don't have any guidance. Yeah. You know, and you're literally winging it. Exactly. The only way to learn is through those mistakes. Yeah. You know? So then, there's always unforeseen know. expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest ups though, was the growth that we've had with all that hardship of trying to get going and trying to figure out how to get going and all that. We, we've sold in uh nine or let's just call it two years. It's not quite two years, but let's just call it two years. We sold into every state all over Canada and a few in Australia. So like congrats. That's growing. really impressive. Yeah, it's going. It's yeah. going in the right direction. So I'd call that the first biggest up. Yeah. The um, proof of concept. Mhm. And then it got to where quite honestly got I mean we didn't we didn't have the money to keep it going. I mean, we barely, not to mm-hmm. scale it. You know, you always have to have like three times the amount to scale it. You know what I mean? Right. Cuz like we didn't have we were we were already in the red like I was telling you. We had we spent all the money plus all the credit cards. So we were like surviving on the revenue but thankfully the revenue is there to survive we just weren't growing the way we needed to grow to really survive long term gotcha so there what were some of the signs that told you that the bank account yeah it was just going down (laughs) well i mean it was one of those things like we were growing how do i say this so like if we would have had enough capital we could have done five times as much you know, so like what it would you take could have me, placed bigger orders and fulfilled more got our costs down too. Right. So like we could have gone different avenues instead of just selling direct. We could have done retail for an example, gotcha. plus selling direct like online to the end users. So, I mean, there's different, we, all we were doing was selling direct online, which is great, but it helps when you can do it all. Yeah. You know, is that, are you still direct to online mostly, or have you started pursuing some other avenues? So that's a great question in the perfect timing because my second biggest up yeah. was I no longer have the same business partner. No, nothing against that business. He's one of my best friends, but it, he has other things going on. He didn't have time, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. my this new wasn't business, the right time, right fit. Not for him, you know? Yeah. Um, and he understood that and he was apologetic. He understood, you know I mean? He was willing to tie into what I'm about to say. My, the biggest up and blessing that could have happened was, I have new business partners now. I'm not going to say their names because also they don't even know I'm here right now, except for one of them. And in perspective of what I'm about to say, I don't know if he wants people to know this, mm-hmm. but uh, he's, it's basically like a shark, t- you know, shark tank. Yeah. The type of deals that go on shark tank. There's billionaires bidding on these businesses. Exactly. Some equity. Yeah. That's exactly what happened except without shark tank. It's a so, billionaire that bought half my business. Really? And he bought my business partner out. Wow. So the, the, one of the biggest downs that I had was not finding the money, right? Yeah. That eliminated That's that down that and issue. became the biggest up because now he's funding everything. Plus, 
I mean, with terms, obviously. Funding, but, and it also allowed your partner to step out when he felt like he needed to. It yeah, because like. he wasn't was really very, helping. You yeah. know, he, I mean, not in a malicious way, but, like, he just didn't have the time. He just wouldn't show up to work. Right. So to quote, unquote, show, you know, so, like, these guys come with connections. They come with, I've already had meetings with um, other people that handle production for people like me that can get the cost way down. So we've lo- we've dropped our cost now by, like, 15% across wow. the board. Roughly. And they also come with connections into big box store retail. So going back to what we were saying about going doing two at the same time. Before, when you asked, were we mainly online? Yes, we we're all online. Mm-hmm. Now, we still are mainly online, but we're migrating into retail. So what this all just happened recently. So now I'm supposed to quit my day job at the end of the year, and I'm going full-time dry pocket apparel, and we've got the inventory coming. It's exciting. To do, we got the new products now because of this deal to where now we can support retail. Yeah. So we've already got a couple retail places, small level. Kind of picked out. Yeah. Well, no, they're already got inventory in there. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, okay. Like small, awesome. but small. Yeah. You know, not like a Bass Pro, you know what I mean? Like small yeah. level. I feel like it's got to start that way, right? You've got to mm-hmm. kind of prove it on like a smaller scale and then you can kind of go to the bigger retailers and say, hey, we did it in this store, this store, this store. We sold this, this, this mm-hmm. in this time frame. You got, well, you got to, so the way it works in retail is like, I'm just saying Bass Pro just because they're huge and that'd be a dream store, right? Sure. But let's just use them as an example. They don't want me, not until I've got sales, and not until everybody else wants me. They don't. Exactly. When I say me, I'm just talking about dry pocket apparel. Nobody wants me. I'm talking about dry <laughs> pocket apparel. You know, so like, um, they don't. Bass Pro thinks would think this is a great product. First thing they would do is how many sales you got? Mm-hmm. You don't have three hundred thousand. Well, we're just gonna knock it off and steal from you. Yeah. But how many sales you got? You got three hundred thousand. I'll offer you five million dollars to walk away, and we retain all your customers that's how it works yeah. or they'll say how many sales you got 300,000 sales oh wow let's throw you in every one of our stores mm-hmm. that's how it'll work there's three ways it'll work if you they don't do have this not at all the bigger you get the more leverage you have exactly and we are essentially even though we've sold in all every state all over Canada and in Australia we're still essentially a small company we're right. a startup company we still got a couple of years to grow under our belt before we can go to these big box stores and they're like we want you you know Exactly. Otherwise, I'm trying to get them to take me, and then they're going to beat me up on price to where it's not even worth it. They're going to completely destroy your margins, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's not like a it's not a profitable venture for you to go with them. Exactly. Everybody's like, well, they're going to order ten thousand units at once. Well, if you're only making two dollars a unit, that's really not going. It sounds like a lot, but it's not in terms of operating. And you're you know? stuck with all this operations that you have to do and fulfill without making the kind of margins that you need to be making. Exactly. To really grow the company the way you want to. Yeah. Exactly. So. To tie back in, we focus heavily on online with influencers. Um, we got a professional fish offshore fishing team coming on board. Oh, awesome. I've already got like 12 influencers all collectively together. It's probably about 2 million followers. All them, not That's us, huge. All them, yeah. And they're, they're helping us push. And then... Um, what did that look like? Like, what did the reach out to those influencers look like? And what was the kind of messaging behind that? How did you get them on board? It was a little mixture between me going to them and them coming to us. Really? So, okay. like, the one of the biggest ones we have is, like, 453,000 followers. She was She's in New York. Mm-hmm. She's um a, a police officer, but also, like, a outdoor enthusiast type you know kind of like a lifestyle lifestyle exactly yeah, yeah. She, she's fitness she rides fullers religiously she fish you know i mean Perfect. she works out you know i mean yeah. she's all of that she was riding with another group of people 
that happened. One of them had a bathing suit on. I have no idea who these people are, right? So mm-hmm. one of these people had a bathing suit on. Another person had one of our little dry bags. Wow. And she said, what is that? And they told her, next thing you know, I get a message saying, hey, I'm so-and-so. Can we collaborate? Wow. Because none of them ever want to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. Exactly. It, I mean, I get people with 100 followers that's like, hey, man. Yeah. Like, let me sponsor me, you know. And, and that's great. Don't get me. I'm not knocking that. But I'm just saying the cost. there's a cost to every person we sponsor. So, like. Exactly. Anyway, she reached out to us, and that's how that started. And then. I've reached out to others saying, hey, we're such and such. I think our products would be useful to your lifestyle and what you do. I think you can get some use of this on a day-to-day basis. And we've been lucky to where they all are receptive of it. Now, we have had – you got to be careful, too, because if you go after people that are like 5 million followers, they're going to be like – 100% 100% it'll be 20k a video mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you have to get the up and comers they're probably gonna have a team come at you with like mm-hmm. a whole contract and everything and mm-hmm. like really really try to make it a good deal for them yeah, yeah. and it's, it's probably kind thing. of a point of diminishing returns with like the size of the following mm-hmm. I would think and 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 you you gamble with influencers because I'll, I'll use this as an example if an influencer is a fitness model and she's like I'm just using this one and she's half naked mm-hmm. all the time in every video and all the time and she's got a million followers. Well, are they following her because of her lifestyle or are they following her because she's half naked? Right. You know, so And are they are they going to buy into like things that she promotes? Are yeah. they going to has she built trust with them or is it like a different kind of reason that they're following? Yeah, maybe they just think she's attractive and it's like a quick oh, eye candy so to sure. speak. And that's vice versa for fitness guys too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it goes both ways, but my point is is I would much rather have an influencer that fishes on all their videos. Yeah. That they're not watching that person because of a bikini or whatever the case may be. They're watching that person because of a hobby. Yeah. Therefore, we found out they're more receptive than bias. Yeah, exactly. Um, So it's a gamble with influencers, and it's like something you have to work for like anything else. But now we're doing that plus like um, conventions, expos plus like tournaments, fishing tournaments, plus retail. What have been like some of the most successful moments with doing those different things with the influencer marketing and with the different events? Um, so ATV riding has been probably the most successful due to we picked up a couple influencers that are like groups, kind of like um, yeah. one of them is called like uh, O2 Off Road, 336 Mud Mafia and all them. Shout out to them guys if you all are into ATV riding. They got great channels on both Instagram and YouTube. And, the, and Colt Jean, Swamp Ranch, and all them. Uh, Mud Maven. Mud Maven's huge. Sorry, I know I keep shouting out, but these people are Shout-outs awesome are welcome. People. They're awesome people. Mud Maven ATV, Mud Muddy Monkey Off-Road, all of these guys. Anyway, so Kyle, Colin, Braden, Preston. Anyways, okay. okay, so um, what happens there is when you get with these groups, they have followings like crazy. Like, even right. if it's not on social media, when they show up to a mud park, mm-hmm. it's like a crowd of people just follows them around. So... That's even better. The best thing that happened was those groups started wearing our products while they mud bog. That's awesome. And then it just compounded. Yeah. So the the groups that are showing up to watch them probably immediately want some, want to be like them, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, they saw the use too of the pocket and everything. It's like, oh my God, I just swamped my phone last week in the mud hole. You know? Yeah. And the same ideas for fishing with the professional fishing team, you know? Mm -hmm. And we just picked up a couple more influencers that are. Deck hand, deck uh, what are they? deck hands on some of the offshore fishing charter okay. boats, and um, they have big followings. One of them has two hundred something thousand. Another one has seventy eight thousand, 
and they're all excited about it because those two girls they are doing the hobby every day yeah you know they're not just flexing in a mirror you know they're doing them hobbies every day so having something like this is a real game changer Mm -hmm. for them something that they're going to use every day exactly exactly yeah so yeah a couple things i'd like to ask about um one thing I know your background is in sales. We haven't talked about that a ton because we've been kind of focusing on the company. I'd like to talk a little bit about how the background in sales has served you in starting the company. And, and obviously it's very sales dependent. How do you think that that's served you? I, I'm, I'm pretty good at talking with people and pretty good at talking to strangers. That's the thing. Cause in sales, I, I, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty good at it anyways, you know? Yeah, obviously it's working, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like in sales, you get put in uncomfortable situations and uncomfortable conversations with people you don't really know all the time. Mm-hmm. For example, cold calling. With all my sales background, I, have, I was always put into a territory where I had to kind of develop the territory. Sure. So it wasn't like a huge existing territory with a huge customer base, you know, because yeah. I lived in South Rural, Georgia, so like, you have to kind of develop it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just going up, knocking on a door, being like, I'm such and such, throwing your pitch out there and hoping that they're receptive of it. Mm-hmm. And then you start building the relationship on it. So sales has taught me how to be open to all personality types, how to be sort of like a chameleon. Yeah. You know, a chameleon can change its skin, color, exactly. and all that, depending on the environment. You can kind of feel out the vibe of the conversation mm-hmm. and be able to talk to different types of people. Yeah, and kind of flow with exactly. it and kind of sort of be like who they need me to be in a way. Yeah. That's how any salesman can probably content to that. Oh, know? yeah. So, like, that has taught me how to deal with people and what people like and all that kind of stuff that transition into this business. How to be sales. able to address different expectations, things mm-hmm. like that. And, and to be honest, a lot of it is learning. I had a dream and I had to learn it, Yeah, you know, and I'm still learning. I mean, we're still a small startup company, even though we've had some success in terms of finances. I mean, we still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're fine, but we have a long ways to go. I mean, you know, because of the, how we had to start in so much debt, selling all over the country and all over Canada and all of that sounds crazy, but we had to climb out of debt. You know yeah. what I mean? So give it a with powerful the, driving force. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's either making or break it. Exactly. You know? So, um, with the new partnerships, once again, we're in debt, mm-hmm. a lot more debt, but it's more strategic debt. It's enough debt to keep us scaling to exactly. where we can pay off this debt. Yeah. You know, strategic so. leverage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the subject of the partnerships, I'm curious how because we didn't necessarily cover this how did you find these partnerships did they find you or did you find them yeah so that's what's crazy all right this is uh, this is a pretty cool story so uh, a friend of mine clay he's my partner now too but Mm -hmm. before the partnership the new partnership gotcha uh uh, clay was they the the really wealthy individuals building a brand new marina um uh steen hatching marina at dead man's bay if you're ever going uh offshore fishing or need to go offshore fishing or to have any desire to that Steen Hatchie, Florida, go to Steen Hatchie Marina at Dead Man's Bay. Top notch. Charters everything the best out there. So shout out awesome. to them. Yeah. So anyways, the billion the wealthy individual was building that. Mm-hmm. So they have like a 2,300 squ- uh, square foot retail shop on the second floor. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they have restaurant bar area on the first floor with the boat docks and all that, the marina and all that. So anyways. um, Sounds like a good location to have some dry pocket bags in. Perfect. So, <laughs> so uh, Clay told me, he was like, I, met, I saw him at a restaurant and he was like, man, I think that'd be perfect. I'll make a phone call to see if it could happen. Um, they had some interest in picking me up as a vendor. 
So I went down there, did my pitch, sold it, did the presentation, sold it all in there. So when I went to go deliver their first set of inventory, it was just some of the dry bags and all that. I was like maybe $1,500 worth of inventory Mm -hmm. for them, you know. When to deliver it, there was this elderly man sitting there. And he he was just, I thought he was like a local. Like I thought he was a customer to the retail shop. I had no idea who he was. And I didn't know anybody there except for my friend. Mm -hmm. And um, my friend looked up and goes, Mr. C., and that's the nickname. It was like, come check this out. And we were looking at it and all of a sudden. And, that, and then I thought it was an opportunity to be a salesman mm-hmm. and to help my retailer sell a dry bag. So I started pitching it to him. Yeah. Because I know my product's better than anybody, right? So I just started pitching it. So he was all like, all interest. Oh, this is great. And I was thinking, I'm about to get this sale for, for my retailer to kind of yeah. help support him. You know? Exactly. And I was like, this is great. This is great. And honestly, he looked at me and he goes, would you be on Shark Tank? And I said, I mean, of course I would be. And he said, what kind of deal would you take? And I was, I was honest. I said, sir, we're a small startup company. Um, I've got a full-time day job, a baby. We're, we're growing, but, you know, we're a small startup company. Yeah. So I would take anything they offered me because anything they offer me is more than what I have now. Yeah. And he started laughing. And then he said. Then it could at, be the difference maker. Oh, literally. Yeah. yeah. So then he looked at me and said, let's go upstairs. And I was like, what's upstairs? Who are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, is there another shop upstairs or something? <laughs> you know, it's a three-story building. You know, yeah. so I was like, what's upstairs? Well, the third story has a bunch of offices and such like that and a condo. But, um, and like their inventory room. So we start going upstairs and my, and my friend Clay was going too. Mm-hmm. And the elderly man's got some hearing, a little hard of hearing or whatever, but he, Clay looked back at me on the stairwell going up and goes, do you know who that is? And I was like, I don't know what the F's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like much less know who he is. Yeah. Like he, he said, he's a, like he's a billionaire or whatever yeah. you know and i was like what i was like yeah all right get out of here like, i've never met a billionaire before they're yeah. like myths to me yeah. you know what i'm saying like legends they have <laughs> become these like mythological figures kind yeah of. exactly yeah. it's like billionaire yeah right you know <laughs> but he was wow and i get up there and we have an hour-long conversation and I, I, I had it in my mind like I'm not going to be a salesman to this guy. I'm just going to be brutally honest and yeah. tell him how, like, tell him all of our vulnerabilities, tell him the real, the truth. Because you had already been honest with him and told him you're going to take any deal that really th- that makes this work. Yeah, and I'm not going to manipulate a billionaire. Come on, dude, this guy, yeah. he's a billionaire for a reason, right? He's a very smart, he's a very humble, very nice, good person, mm-hmm. very smart individual. You don't become that being a dummy, you know. So I've said this before when I've been talking to people about like if they're going to negotiate some kind of deal with someone especially for funding or something like someone that's going to give you funding has made a career and a name for themselves by making deals that are very beneficial to themselves yeah they so they're always going to make a deal that's great for them you just need to understand that and be on that same playing field and understand that they're going to be coming from that direction but they also offer a lot Exactly. And I just had it in my mind. Like, I'm just going to tell this guy, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was there like, it's go. either going to blow up in my face or he's going to respect it. Mm-hmm. So I said, sir, I'll be honest with you. YouTube taught me how to do all this. I was able to do this. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to brag right now, but I'm saying like, I was able to do this with part, a full-time day job, a yeah. baby, a business partner that won't show up to work. Mm-hmm. At the, not maliciously. I already went over, you know, just because of whatever reasons. And, this is where we're at and this is what we've accomplished. And he, and he was like, how much money have you made? And I said, we've made, we've made this amount of money, but we've also lost this amount of money because mm-hmm. of not knowing what to do and operating inefficiently. Yeah. And not Just being out full time. Lay it all out on the table. Yeah. And he likes the products and he, what he, what he really liked is what I, what was able to be accomplished 
as the the situation was, mm-hmm. you know, part time. You know, yeah. that was the fact that, and it was a product nobody's ever seen before. So the fact that exactly. we've been able to sell all over the country with something nobody's ever seen before, part time out of South Georgia. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're just, that's what he saw. He saw the potential. Exactly. It's yeah. a lot of proof of potential. Yeah. So he ended up. He straight up said, what's, uh, hey, buddy. Hey, sorry. <laughs> he said, um, uh, what's it going to take to get your business partner out? And I was like, huh? I was like, huh? We got a visitor over here. He's a sweet boy. <laughs> he likes to drop in. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, he's not bothering me at all. If you don't worry about that. But uh, anyways, yeah. So he, he bought, after negotiations, he, he bought my business partner out. And it's a. Uh, wow. Right there? Yeah. Well. Uh, what was the like, start to finish time? A few weeks? Yeah. Three. So basically, I took it to my business partner. My business partner was like, well, yeah, maybe he'll just buy into it. We both can be in it. And I straight up told him, I was like, no only way he's doing this is if you're out wow you know and because he didn't want more business partners than necessary he wanted to bring on his own people right you know so like yeah he's probably got a team that's allowed him to scale different businesses mm -hmm. and different like ventures yeah and he wanted them to have equity in the company right so the way it worked is he bought him out and then they split that up into how the four ways yeah so and then i have i'm still the majority owner but like that's good. Props to you for, for being able to retain that. That's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah, it is. Well, that allows you to really take the company the direction that you want it to go mm-hmm. because you're the face of it. You're really steering the ship still. It is. But also, being completely honest here, when the person who's funding the whole thing says something, you listen. Yeah. Because very true. <laughs> even though he's not my boss, we're partners. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I still respectively treat him sort of like a boss because I respect what and I'm grateful for what he's doing for me. That and you, you know, know what he brings to the table in the way of like the actual proven business experience. Oh yeah, that's probably the uh, biggest thing. Honestly, the yeah. capital is huge, but the knowledge and the the experience is going to really take you to that next mm-hmm. level. He's got connections. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's good friends with the CEO of Bass Pro and all them. He knows all them. Really? Now, granted, that doesn't mean we're going to be in Bass Pro, right? But sure. I'm just saying, you know, that it's, it's more likely to happen yeah. because you know somebody than if you don't. Well, we ta- you mentioned Shark Tank earlier, and that's one of the biggest things if you watch Shark Tank. When it gets down, when it is a really fantastic idea and they're all interested, like all the sharks are interested, that's what it kind of gets down to a lot of times with a retail product specifically is they start making their pitches for what kind of connections they have into different retail outlets. Yep. And that's the difference maker usually. It really is, man. And I didn't have any contacts. Mm -hmm. It was me just luckily influencers reaching out to me or me just sending random messages to people hoping they respond. Yeah. You know, so it's been good, man. I mean, this whole deal has been a huge blessing. I mean, we couldn't be here without that deal happening. It sounds like the perfect deal. It was coming at a time where you didn't necessarily have the best timing or best fit with your other business partner. Sounds like he needed to go do his own thing. And you were able to kind of just sub in someone that brought a unique experience to the whole company and brought the capital that you needed all at the same time. So mm-hmm. congrats. I mean, that's that's going to be major, man. I mean, I, I'm pumped. I mean, I'm obviously nervous and scared like anybody would coming, jumping into the uncomfort zone. Yeah. But, I mean, it, I'm also out of that nervousness and fear. I'm, like, excited. Yeah. And, like, cannot wait to just unleash, you know? So. How recent was this again that you signed on with them? Uh, I signed the papers a month ago. Wow, so very recent. Yeah. What are... What's the number one thing that you see as being like the next big step for Dry Pocket having having made this deal? 
Well, the biggest thing in terms of product is the new products coming on board now to, mm-hmm. to build our portfolio and to bring on the amount of inventory to start doing other sales re- avenues. So that's the yeah. biggest thing in terms of like product and all just the sheer scale of it the scale being the ability to scale now, yeah. you know, and the, his, their expertise, their connections. Um, they know all these Marina owners, they know all these surf shop owners, they know like the big wigs too, like the big box stores, you know, they, yeah. so, okay. I forgot to mention this. So a previous company that he owned sold products in dollar general belks, um, Bass pro Fred, something, something Fred's like another dollar store, I think. Uh, so he and Walmart. Oh yeah. They sold yeah. Walmart for two years too. Wow. So they have those connections yeah. and those experiences and whatnot. So they know how the processes work. They know exactly how the process works. They could literally, I mean, now that you're, now that you're leaving your job at the end of the year and you're going to have the time, they can literally give you kind of a roadmap of this is how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And I've already got 153 leads of that I've developed over the past couple months of doing research on marinas, um, surf shops, kayak shops, um, with like emails, addresses, phone numbers, some contact names, like owners or general managers for me to kind of start cold calling. That's what I do. I mean, and outside mm-hmm. sales, that's what I do. I see a manufacturing plant. I go in there and knock on the door and try to get as much information as possible exactly. to get me closer to my goal Yeah. of receiving a PO. So same exact purchase thing. order, right? Yeah. Purchase order. Yeah. Yeah. Same exact thing. And, and by the way, that I said, I've sold pumps, compressors, blowers. I've sold caterpillar equipment, all industrial type equipment. So mm-hmm. like that's the realm that I was selling in. Yeah. So you get a PO traditionally for that kind of stuff. So it's the exact same process, except not selling industrial equipment and not selling industrial customers. Mm-hmm. I'm selling on marinas, kayaks, surf shops, selling water gear. Yeah. And you're selling something that you're incredibly passionate about. Yeah, I love it. I mean, guys, you, you've seen these things. I mean, they're they're awesome, they're too. They'll also help sell themselves. Too. That's what I was going to say. The product literally sells itself. Yeah. And I don't have competition. That's another thing. Like, when with my day job, I'm going to go sell a compressor. i got eight other compressor companies selling mm-hmm. against me. So, like, here we have – there's other, obviously, there's other dry bag companies. There's other cooler companies. There's other bathing suit companies. Mm-hmm. There's not – an automatic sealing dry bag company, an automatic self-sealing cooler company, and a waterproof automatic self-sealing bathing suit company in America. Yeah. So so the it's the unique. market cap is pretty much unlimited. Yeah, it's it's unique. We don't have a lot of resistance like friction like you would when you have 15 people doing the exact same thing in the exact exactly. same territory, you know, cuz then you got to just you got to fight for it harder. Exactly. So don't get me wrong, it's still going to be a process, you know. It's not going to be winning a lottery ticket. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time, take some grinding, but. Mm-hmm. But with the, um, I will say this, what would have taken me 10 years to do with my old partnership, we can do in three years, you know? Yeah. We still got a little time. Yeah. So I want, I want to be respectful of your time. So I'll kind of go into a couple of repeat questions that I ask in every interview. Before I get into those, is there anything in particular that you wanted to really make sure that we covered that we haven't yet? Drypocketapparel.com. And I'll kind of get into that at the end, like get up, get to all the plugs, like, and kind of leading everyone to how they can find you. But before I get to that, so the couple of questions I always ask in every interview, the first one is if you could kind of travel back in time and just go talk to a younger Brian, as you were first thinking of the idea first starting dry pocket apparel, having the wisdom and the knowledge that you have now, what are a couple of things that you would tell them to do differently? (laughs) A lot, a lot. It's even hard to answer some of them because 
of respect to others mm -hmm. that some of my answers would downplay them. You know right. what I'm saying? So I don't want to be out here just bashing people or sure, bashing yeah. marketing agencies or whatnot. But like, of course. so I guess, I, you know, here's the best way to do All right, here, I got this. So the number one thing is don't outsource things. Figure out how to do it yourself. Because what happens is we outsource marketing, we outsource SEO, we outsource everything. Mm -hmm. And like you it just cost straight so that. much yeah. that it did not return. There's a there's a time where uh, it takes to truly get momentum. Mm -hmm. And yes, marketing. I'm just using marketing agents as an example because they are very costly. But I'm just using that as an example. They, yes, they can help grow. Right? They can help do all of that, and they will as you get to a certain point. But what happens is, is when you're a startup with limited capital, that capital should not go just all to marketing. Yeah. Because there's a lot of hidden costs that you overlook. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of other things. Like marketing is a necessity, obviously. Yeah. And then when you get past a certain point, then you can afford the marketing. Exactly. When you start at, at the very beginning, you don't have a ton of capital. You're digging yourself a deeper hole because it usually there's, there's some time before that money comes back around. Marketing is so a make cost the best of your resources while your capital is limited. Yeah, because because what happens is, is marketing is like it's an upfront cost, hoping that the money comes back around on the back. And then usually there's some time where you have to tweak the ads. You have to learn how they're performing to to optimize correctly. Exactly. Right. So you can do a lot of that by yourself with learning. What I'm getting at is the information is out there to where you can teach yourself. Mm -hmm. YouTube anything and it'll teach you how to be a NASA astronaut. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. Like, there's so many things you can do. But then, so that's what I would tell myself is, don't rush into just outsourcing everything right away. Learn how to do it at first, and then when you start getting a little bit your feet under you mm -hmm. and some revenue coming in, then start outsourcing it so you can dedicate your time to where your time needs to be. Yeah. And if you know how it works and know how it's done properly, you can mm -hmm. kind of delegate it properly when you do start out. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I will say this too, though. Even when you learn it yourself, like these marketing agencies, they know a lot more than you do. Yeah. They know a lot more than I That's do. That's the goal, right? You yeah. want to find an agency that brings something that to the table that you couldn't bring yourself. Yes, but you got to get to the point to afford the agency first. Exactly. See, that's what I'm getting at is we went straight into outsourcing. Then we realized... Holy we're running out crap, of money. Fast. We're running out of money, and we haven't had the full time it takes for it to come back around yet. So yeah. If I would have just did that first, did the groundwork first, we'd have more money now. We'd be well before the new partnership. I'm talking about back then. Exactly. You know, we would have been in a better situation. So that's one thing I would have done differently is I would have told myself, don't listen to people saying you need this, you need this, you need that. Do your homework and figure out exactly what you need on your by yourself before you start just dishing out your capital to from what other people are telling you. Because yeah. this is what happens. I, I know I'm harping on marketing agency. That's just the easiest one to talk about. There's yeah. so many other things, but I have like 50 marketing companies that reach out to me on a, a quarterly year basis mm -hmm. trying to tell me, we can do this, you need to do that, you need to do that. That doesn't mean that what they're pitching is what's best for your company. I you feel like you should out. be the one that finds it and identifies it. Yeah, and as you get to the point, you will. I just, yeah. I didn't, we rushed into it and just started listening to all these people who have never done this before, but they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, and some things they do, some things they don't. 
you know, yeah. you just got to find the right fit for you. But that's the, to answer that. I know it took a while to answer that. But, no, that's a good answer. You know, you just got to do your homework before you just start outsourcing. Makes you sense. know, do it yourself if you can until you get to a point to where you need a little more expertise and yeah. you can afford it, you know. Because I'm no expert in marketing. But yeah. I did get it to this point. Mm-hmm. Now, moving forward, we will be looking into that, actually. Awesome. Awesome. And then my other question is the show is called Profession Session. And I have kind of a thesis with the show that very many different kinds of things can be a profession, right? We talked a little bit about how you have this kind of traditional route that's been carved out over time where you kind of just work as an employee, retire, right? Hmm. That's obviously a profession. But then you've also got what you're doing now. It's a completely different type of profession. Mm -hmm. So really very many different types of things can be a profession. My question to you is, what does it mean to you personally to be a professional? It's life-changing in the sense of how I view myself in a way, in terms of trying to create independence. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because obviously a salesman is a professional. Mm -hmm. An engineer is a professional. A production lineman on a factory is a professional. But professional can almost be a relative term, depending on what you consider as a professional. I mean, a a middle school football coach is a professional, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's very broad depending on how you classify that and what level you consider that to be. To me, I take it as a professional as like an entrepreneurial type. You know, I Mm -hmm. almost am answering this as like it's an entrepreneurial and it's not professional because profession... Every profession, whoever works there is a professional or mm-hmm. supposed to be, you know. But, like, to me, I take a professional as, like, I'm taking myself more seriously. It's not just a hobby anymore. Yeah. I'm building something. Like, full commitment to yes. what you're trying to do. Yes. Yes, exactly. Full commitment, not just winging it. Yeah. Uh, I've con- Like, before, I wouldn't have considered Dry Pocket me as a professional. Now, with this new partnership and we're, everything we're doing... I'm considering it more professional and I view it that way. And, and in turn, it makes me feel more confident. It makes me feel more belief yeah. in what I'm doing. That it, it makes me validate the seriousness of what this is and what this can do for my life, my family's life, my parent, whatever. You know, so to answer that as in what do I see as a professional? I see freedom. I see independence. That's kind of, If that makes sense. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Yeah. I see full commitment to the craft to the mm-hmm. point where it can create freedom and independence. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, I mean, nothing wrong with any other job is what I'm saying, but every person who has a job can consider themselves a professional if they take it seriously, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why and I mean, this it's is kind of a relative term. This is what it means to you personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause awesome. like it was a hobby before mm-hmm. now it's my profession and it's exactly. about to be my full-time profession. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, profession and entrepreneur ties together. I like that. Yeah. Well, anything else you would want to leave the audience with? Man, this I love your podcast, dude. This, Thank this you, is man. An awesome setup, dude. It really Thank is, you. man. Well, Andy's uh, been very gracious to have us in the studio for this. Appreciate. Yeah. Shout out to Andy Varnes. Yeah. Might go ahead and link his podcast up here again. It's been in a couple other interviews. I did one with Andy 
a few with Andy in the past, but um, yeah, Andy was gracious enough to have us here in the studio, and thank you for being on, yeah, man. I, I really appreciate it. it. Appreciate it, man. I'd love to keep in touch, and as things progress, maybe do another, maybe do another show or something. Absolutely, maybe, maybe like a check in to yeah. kind of see how it's gone since then. I'm yeah. excited to see how it grows, man. I really yeah, am. I appreciate it, man. I think this podcast is going to do amazing too. Thank you're, you. You're a, you're a very very good interviewer. Thank you, man. Very thank good. You. I appreciate so, that. I'm pumped for what your journey is going to turn into. Likewise, so, I'll be sweet. watching. All right, man. Well, thank you again for being on. This has been Profession Session. My guest today has been Brian Collins of Dry Pocket Apparel, which is about to really pop off, especially at the beginning of next year. He's got new funding, new awesome partners. He's getting into retail, and he's got a vision and a mission and an incredible product. And until the next time. Thanks so much for tuning into Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. Stay tuned for new episodes every week and short clips of deep dives into specific topics that I put out on different social media channels. We could be found on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, all major podcast platforms. You can find my guest in the details of this video or podcast. And if you happen to know a young standout business owner, professional, or entrepreneur that you would think would be a good fit for profession session dm me or get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know and they could be the next to tell their story here until next time again this has been profession session stay focused stay hustling and stay networking